Mike Tyson, former heavyweight champion of the world. How are you, buddy? Well, I'm, I'm cool. Yeah? I thought you'd be happy, man. You don't have to punch or be punched anymore. You know, I'm not no perpetual happy guy. I'm not happy 24 hours a day, every second of the moment I'm happy. Hee hee ha ha. Makes me happy to say that. Hee hee ha ha. Hee hee ha ha. Hee hee ha ha. Hee hee ha ha. Well, you're much more relaxed these days. Of course I am. I don't have the pressure that I did when I was heavyweight champ, but I have my days like everyone else. Yeah? What do you do those days? A little hee hee ha ha. Hee hee ha ha. Hee hee ha ha. Hee-hee-ha-ha. Man, that's entertaining. E-hee-ha-ha is fun to say. Yeah, that's what I live to do, to entertain people. With e-hee-ha-ha? Yes. All right. E-hee-ha-ha. Hee-hee-ha-ha. 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 Is this a strange thing to be doing? I don't know. You're the one doing the interview. You tell me. Yeah. I think it's a little weird, Mike. Really? I'm, I'm having a good time. Yeah? Hee-hee-ha-ha. 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 Man, this has been an odd interview. Well, that's what it was. If we forget this, did it even actually happen? Um, I don't remember. Haha, everybody. 2016. This was a good way to bring in the new year. We had my friend comedian Alan Finn come in and talk to us. This is recorded in that awkward time between Christmas and New Year's Day. It was a good time to catch Alan because he just had an accident and got all messed up, which we'll hear about. We talk about the norms of courting. Yes, there are traditions set in place for hundreds or thousands of years. Lots of fun in this episode. Hope you enjoy the chat with me, Matt Kaplan, and Alan Finn. All right, Alan Finn, thanks for being here with your busted up face. You look like you got gang beaten by a bunch of hoodlums. What happened? <laughs> What's going on, guys? Uh, I, I drove here. I got to tell you, I don't know what you're paying in rent, Gary. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's it's too much. There is <laughs> Probably. Not, today is so ugly. It's so ugly outside. It's yeah. cold. It's drizzling. Mm-hmm. It, it's gray. It's yes. just, you you look like a blooming flower. <laughs> like Gary has this look. Uh, you look like a, like, um, like a grunge rock star. You know, like you're, you're like got a like, dying flower, <laughs> not a dying flower, but you look like you have like, you know, like the weight of the world on you a little bit. And yeah, you're pondering deep thoughts. And I do, Alan. you know, I do have the weight of the world on me. Yeah. Like I relate to you because I feel, you know, like we're fellow miserable souls. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I always felt that connection. Yes. You know, I the miserable, that. the miserable Jew connection. <laughs> you know? Jews are a miserable tribe. That's for sure. 
Well, you know. Even Hanukkah, it's really a celebration of misery. You know? Yeah. Christmas. I, I, have well, you ever had a good Hanukkah? Yeah, all my Hanukkahs are good, actually. It's not bad. But Hanukkah really needs a serious makeover. Like, we need a really great gay Jewish guy to just come in and give Hanukkah a total new makeover. Because Christmas is whooping our asses. You know, Christmas has it going on. Lights and big jolly guys and trees. We've got what? Sad candles. Yeah, but I, I would say most Jews don't want to compete with Christmas, that they're happy that they're kind of the indie band of, you know, the holidays. <laughs> the, the, the Pearl Jam of the holidays. <laughs> the Pearl, yeah, they got integrity. Uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's such a stupid thing, this, uh, this whole thing with the holiday competition and people thinking that there's a war on Christmas. Oh, yeah, that's so and, silly. Yeah. If there's a war on Christmas, they're not fighting it very well because everywhere I went, there was this holiday Christmas songs playing in the stores. I actually went to some, uh, st- I was trying to buy gifts, and I said to the store worker, if you shut this music off, I will stay in the store longer. But because this Christmas music is playing, it's driving me out of your store. I told the manager that, and then he looked at me like I was going to pull out a shotgun. So I, I left. And I'm sure he was very happy that you did. <laughs> did, he really, did he really think he was going to pull out a shotgun? I don't know what he thought. He probably thought I was going to, yeah. No. But Alan... We, well, let's let's get to this this uh, issue of your face being all busted, okay. and then we'll talk about Matt uh, his little thing with a woman. Okay, Matt's but, love life. But first, you have to. Alan rolls in here. His face is busted up. He's got a busted nose, and uh, we got to take a picture at the end of this episode so people can see it. It, it doesn't look okay. that bad. Yeah, it's not. It's not bad now. Okay, um, you know, it's just healed. that big gash across the, your nose. <laughs> the gash right across <laughs> my nose. <laughs> Uh, I didn't need any more character. This, I, I'm actually, I, I really hope it heals. You know, I, I don't want to have that uh, a lasting scar on my face. From well, this. character is good, but too much character is just scary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people uh, think that I that I don't have a medical condition. They think that I uh, got beaten up or something. Or um, why? Because that's it, what it looks like. Because that is that's exactly <laughs> what it looks like. <laughs> But uh, no, I haven't. I haven't got. I, it was nothing like that. I just. Um, I wish this this were a sexier story, Gary, for your for your <laughs> listeners. But uh, I, I basically I passed out. I passed out. I wasn't drunk or anything like that. I just had this. Uh, I had a condition that went untreated, uh, and it's called proctalgia. Pro- proctalgia. Pro- proctalgia. Okay. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Um, Sounds like a pain in the ass. It's and that that's exactly what it is. That's it's a pain in your ass. So it's a pain that's like so intense uh, that I had a they call it a vasovagal reaction. So I, I passed out from it. I I was in you know I was in bed. I'm walking towards uh, the bathroom and I pass out in the bathroom. Were you in pain? Is that why you got up from the bed? I was in intense pain. Sometimes I find walking around mm-hmm. would alleviate it. And it, it's brought on by stress. A lot of it is stress induced. Oh wow! And I've I've had a lot of uh, a lot of stress in my life the last uh, last the last uh, years of my life. The pain is stress induced, or the condition itself. The well, the pain. Uh-huh. You know, the condition. Yeah, I, I don't. They don't really know much about it. There are a few different treatments. Uh, you know, they give you, they give you some some great drugs. But also, they, uh, there's a machine which I haven't tried yet because uh, the drugs seem to be working and just you know just meditating and being just managing my stress better has uh, has helped. 
but uh, there's a machine where they want they you would they would stick a probe mm-hmm. up your anus. Wow! And they it would send an electrical current through it to uh, to you know to basically uh, relieve the tension there. An electrical current would relieve the tension, or it would it would uh, alleviate the uh, the spasms. I guess it's a it's wow. a spasm and a tight. I'm literally an uptight white man. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm the most uptight white guy. It's ridiculous. So is is it caused from like just too too much stress? Like you're tightening up too much? Yeah, you know, like relax? comedians a lot of times they'll have that 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 save line, that saver line. Like, hey, hey, guys, uh, you know, untighten your buttholes. Yeah, yeah. I guess I literally tighten my butthole. <laughs> I really, I can't help it. I don't know, but that's not really what I feel. It's just. It just happens in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. uh, like around four or five o'clock in the morning. I'll wake up from a nightmare, yeah, and I'll have this pain, and it's so painful that it, you know wakes me from my sleep, and and usually it goes away. I, I I just didn't treat it because mm-hmm. I just thought, okay, you know, because I've been through a lot of pain in my life. I've been um, I was in a in a wheelchair, uh, you know, I've 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 gone through some shit. So it was it was it was a dumb thing of me, like like a lot of. Uh, a lot of men they don't they don't seek medical attention right, right. away. Just trying to tough it through. Tough it through, yeah. So, uh, so I, you know. Anyway, so I passed out in the bathroom. Uh, so you get up plant. and you're just trying to walk around to walk off the pain. And then- uh, no, I, I, yeah, I got up to walk the pain away. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then as I walked towards the bathroom, I just I completely it was lights out. I just conked out completely. Did you feel the, yourself lose consciousness? Or did you just wake up in a pool of blood? I I just woke up in a pool of blood. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I I had no idea what happened. I, I thought I was sleeping, and and I woke up, um, and you know I, I just I, I was I was startled. I couldn't believe like there's so much blood that came out of me, and and I don't have the best uh, <laughs> the best health insurance. So I was like, I, I got to scoop this blood back up and try to get it in me. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> this looks this looks pricey as hell. Are you swallowing <laughs> like, blood? Yeah, I don't know what the going rate for blood is, but I don't think it's you know, <laughs> I don't think it's cheap. So you fell flat on your face, flat on my face. And Doctor you, said I'm very fortunate that I didn't have uh, that it wasn't more serious that I didn't you know because a lot of people have falls in the bathroom and they you know they they they're in comas and mm-hmm. have brain damage. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually quite fortunate. Yeah, there's a move. I don't know if this is like a karate myth, but there's a move where if you punch someone in their nose just a certain angle, the nose goes back in the brain and then they die. Like if you would have yeah. fallen on your nose a certain way, you could have been dead. I believe that. The brain is extremely fragile. Yeah. People don't realize this. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's why there's this whole campaign in the NFL. To, right. Uh, yeah. And, and the movie Concussion, which is, and the movie I Concussion. think, in theaters now. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're plugging this movie for no good reason. <laughs> we got to get some dollars for that one. Yeah, we really should. So you fell flat on your face. and fell then flat you, on my face. You didn't even know what was going on. You just woke up in a pool of blood. And luckily, there was someone there to help you. Yeah. My, uh, my, my, my girl, uh, she, you know, she, was, she, was, she was amazing. She, you know, she like jumped right to it and, and uh, cleaned me up. Mm-hmm. Got, you know, wa- wiped the blood from, from my face and everywhere and uh, rushed me to the, the emergency room. And um, it, was, uh, it, it was an interesting experience, mm-hmm. you know. How long have you been with uh, this girl? I, I've been with her for over, over a year. Okay, so she kind of had to. If it was like a two-week relationship, she would have been like, whoa, you need 
you need help. That's an interesting question. At what point are you obligated to, to pick your I significant think I, other up, a, up from the floor <laughs> and take them to the ER? I think any amount. If you're, if you're spending the night, I think if, even if it's a hookup. A one-night stand? You can't leave someone to bleed <laughs> out. All right, that's good to know. Yeah. I mean, you don't necessarily have to stay with them at the emergency room, but you have to get them there. Yeah, yeah. Did she stay with you at the emergency room? She did, yeah. She did. Yeah, that's good. How did you two meet? Um, after a comedy show, I hang out and, and, you know, I hang out in front if, uh, if it goes well. <laughs> and if it doesn't, you're gone. Because I I, if it goes, if it doesn't, you know, I just take off. Yeah. I, I schedule the Uber from the stage. <laughs> <laughs> just tap that Uber button. Just tap that so Uber out. button. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, I hang out and, um, and we started talking and she was in a rush. She was actually supposed to see, uh, she was supposed to go salsa dancing. Uh-huh. And uh, if you know anything about me, I am hugely into salsa. Are you really? No. Okay. Yeah. I was, I mean, I never, <laughs> Russian Jews love salsa dancing. I mean, <laughs> Jesus, Russians are Russians are killing it in the salsa game. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So we just started talking, and she was she had to run off. Uh, she lives in in Jersey. Has she seen your show? So yeah, that's why we we talk. Okay. Yeah. Good. So she saw me do really well, mm -hmm. and then she came a second time and saw me do really well. And, uh, you know, we went, we went out and uh, we really clicked. You did, huh? Yeah. Was part of you like, oh, I shouldn't sleep with a groupie. She's a fan. I don't want to lose my fans. I've never had that conflict. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had that internal dialogue. You have to be careful, though. You don't, you have to be picky. You mm -hmm. have, didn't, wasn't there um, Axel Rose? Didn't he have a, a sanity test? Right? I, like the chick has to. He has to be around the girl for 24 hours in a row, <laughs> 24 hours, <laughs> and see if there are any signs that, that she's the least bit crazy, and, I, and then he would bang her. Interesting. I'm not sure I'd take any advice from Axl Rose. Actually. Probably not. But Unless we're looking was at, he, at the height of his career, was he kind of like one in waiting while banging another one that he just went through the 12, the 24 hours with? Right. You know, or was he just 24 hours, then sleep with someone? 20, or did he have a few going like eight hours into this one, 15 sure, hours into that one? I'm sure he had hours. all over girls. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably like Will Chamberlain. It was probably yeah, like yeah. a velvet robe. Okay. outside his, uh, his hotel room and you know the guy just like just streaming them in when you get to that high celebrity status yeah it doesn't matter if you peed on someone it doesn't matter if you you know hit someone like uh, chris brown mm -hmm. hit, uh, hit rihanna yeah it none of it matters it hardly matters in regular society as well <laughs> No, no, you get a you get a pass. You get a bigger pass. Yeah, maybe or, a bigger pass. But, yeah. According, you know, it goes in accord accordance with your talent and your fame. So, like, I remember uh, there was a model, there was um, Fashion Week, right, where all the models come to New York City. Yeah, and I was on the subway with them, and I heard them talking about Chris Brown, and they're all excited for Chris Brown. It doesn't didn't matter that like all those pictures came out of like, Rihanna. Oh, looking. I hope he hits me really good. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. I know. I know how to block. I'll be okay. <laughs> look, I got hit by Chris Brown. Yeah, look at his look. blue. Look at his bruise. <laughs> it's a sexy bruise. So she came to your second show, and you hadn't really been on a a date. She was just like, yeah. If I remember correctly, I think she came to uh, two shows. Two shows. Two shows. And in our, two shows. Second show went really well too, and then uh, we went out. We we started Facebooking a little bit. Who found who on Facebook? How, like, how did you make the first connection? I think she made the first move. She friend requested you on Facebook. No, no. I, I, I requested her, mm -hmm. and then she started talking to me, if I remember correctly. Okay. Because she already kind of did make the first move by coming to your second show. She's a bit of an alpha female. 
She is an alpha female. Yeah. Do you like alpha females? It it depends. Mm -hmm. it, it depends where it's channeled. I I don't want it channeled towards me. If it's channeled towards everything else in life, that's fine. Right. I just don't want. I I I can't. I'm not a submissive type of person. Yeah. I, I can't handle someone trying to dominate me or mm. control me. Uh, I, I just I, I bristle when that happens. It just reminds me of my of my father and, <laughs> and his parenting style. Right. And that's which, not what you're looking for in a woman. Your your dad. It's, it's not. <laughs> it's the opposite. Yeah. yeah. And I think if anything, I've invalidated his his parenting style mm -hmm. with my life. <laughs> <laughs> Is she an alpha female like in your relationship? Not really. It, it drives her crazy when um, it drives her crazy when uh, I don't make plans. I'm not. I don't. You know. Sometimes it's like a spontaneous thing or, or, or last minute thing. And, and she wants uh, structure. She wants you to make plans and set up dates. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. She. No. She. A lot of girls. You know. Yeah. Notice her into that. Yeah. Even, why is that? Do you think they feel more valued? Right. They want to know that that they're special enough for you to go out of your way, sit down, stop everything you're doing, and you know, and make special arrangements for them. Right. So they know that they can get dressed. You know, like make a make a kind of an evening of it. Get dressed nice and like put on a show for you. Yeah, I know girls who, if you don't, it's like a doctor's office. If you don't give them forty eight hours notice, you're 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 done. Like right. You're not. You know, they're 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 not going to take you. You know, they're going to take the date it's true i hear this is a common thing like even with the uh, uh internet dating it's like you message a girl on tinder and then it's like oh what are you doing tonight and it's just like eh, you know they want to they want to date in the future right that structure it's a little old-fashioned i guess but i see the merit in it yeah there, there's still you know certain mores and, and things you have to do mm -hmm. matt you had a thing matt where you get <coughs> what was your situation so, you here's, here's the story so gary and i were talking about this as alan walked in so uh here, here's the quick story uh, i was recently working at the union square holiday gift market uh met a woman there who worked also at another booth in the market and our conversation started that she is starting a dog walking business and she lives in my neighborhood and I was like, oh. But there was some flirtation. Well, here's the thing. I, I At that point, it was, you know, I was like, oh, she, she seems cool. Didn't think much more of it than, you know, right now, my, my bigger motivation is to find work. So I was like, all right, that, that's what I was most interested in. So she said, oh, we should get some coffee sometime. So I was like, great. Took out my wallet, had a business card handy, gave it to her. She said, thank you. Um, you know, talked for a few more minutes. Uh, we hugged, and then she left. So that you thought it. it was a business transaction. I, I, and a friend, maybe a friend. And then my, my co-worker, uh, who's a, a woman uh, in, in college, maybe around 20 years old, she was like, she's totally flirting with you. And I was like, oh, I didn't even realize that, but I can see it. Uh, so I told the story to Gary, and Gary felt like I, I did wrong. I blew it, that instead of giving a card, I should have asked her for her phone number. I think even if you wanted, even if it was just a business transaction and you wanted a job with her, you should have gotten her information. But you really made it a business transaction by handing her your business card. Yeah, I mean, it's a card. I, again, I don't call it a business card. All, um, all of this sounds like a recipe for failure. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just, like, you can't, you can't work for someone. You can't start off. When when you're when you're trying to either get laid or you're trying to impress a girl by asking her for employment, 
that's not well that that was really you can't, my, you can't my, like come my, out and be like I, I, i'm broke <laughs> it's almost like you're right. handling i'm broke you got anything for me is can that I have a job can i have a job for? she knows what she's gonna get right from the start but again it yeah, wasn't, you put all your cards on the table with that you really did I, I i i didn't come into it looking at anything more it was just we were just casually talking and i found out she lives close to me and has a dog walking business that she's just starting and might need some more dog walkers and that's that's where my head was Right, and, and I wasn't thinking about it anymore of that until my coworker said she was flirting. But then again, this nineteen-year-old girl could be wrong. Also, maybe she wasn't flirting at all. Maybe, maybe this girl is not interested, or, or you know, has someone. Let's let's pretend she must. What are you gonna say? Let Let's pretend that uh, she made it obvious that it wasn't. She didn't have a dog walking business. She just had a lust for you. Okay. Wait, you're saying you're, you're you're doing a make-believe version of this now? Yeah, let's take the let's take the whole business transaction out of it. Y- yeah, but then we might not have, you know, like you're w- talking about anything, and then she says, "Oh, we should get coffee sometime." Now you had an interesting little conversation. She's like, "Hey, we should get coffee sometime." In that situation, no dog walking. If, Would you hand her uh, your card? No. If I felt that this was a you know uh, something you know romantic. Mm-hmm. then I would have approached it differently and probably with a lot more nerves. She must be so confused that you're desperate for for any type of employment, for dog walking, but yet you have a professional business card. <laughs> it's my it's like yes. my it's my acting <laughs> card. It's not a yeah. business card. It has uh, my headshot and my information on it. Oh, that's even it's better. Not, it's not <laughs> like it, 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 my my card. That makes say it like, so much hotter, Matt. It makes it <laughs> that's an easier sell. I would bet any amount of money she is never going to call you, text you, email you. Anything. So here, here, here's the funny thing, listeners. Like, I, I quickly brought this up to Alan, you know, while we were setting up, and he's like, "Let's wait until we get live." In my, in my yeah, hopes, I want to make fun of you. On yeah, here. I, I, I was like, I was like, okay, nothing. Gary's taking one side of it. Alan, my buddy, will will take the other. But no, it was this, uh, this double team of make Matt feel like uh, he screwed up here. Well, in all fairness, Matt, I, I've done the same thing. Yeah, and my business card, I'm sure, looks far cheesier than your business card. <laughs> My business card is it's this picture. One side of it, it's it's me just looking like such a douchey model wannabe, you know, voguing in the mirror. In like the I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm like I think I'm I'm blue, very very blue steely, you know. <laughs> and to the point where you know people, I I went, to, you know, it's funny. There, I got a business card, really quick business card story. I did a gig for uh, these Jewish college students. Mm-hmm. And after the gig, I'm, you know, networking. I'm trying to network. I'm trying to, like, get, you know, here's my business card. Follow me. This one guy took <laughs> my business card. He's <laughs> trying to get dates. I'm trying to be efficient, just, like, tossing out cards, you know? So uh, this one guy takes a business card. He looks at that picture of me. He's like, did they Photoshop this? Oh. <laughs> did they, 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 they tweaked this a little bit. And he took the card with my picture on it and put it right to my face. <laughs> And he's trying to pick out the Photoshop area. Oh my god! It's like, yeah, so, that's what a picture is. Yeah, it, that that show turned me into an anti-Semite. You know, <laughs> no, I love the Jews. I love my my people. They're your people. Well, here. we'll see what happens. We'll see if she gets in touch with me. If she She's doesn't, not. it's not terrible. Well, I again, I went into this looking for some work. Not, yeah, you know, at the very, I, I think it does. You should get the phone number. Just because you are selling yourself, yeah, and you need she's a lead, and you need to contact that lead. 
whether it's business or personal, you should get the number. It just seems so friendly and casual. And again, I'm in the middle of working. So Nothing just is like, friendly or casual. This yeah. is war. Then, then <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm not made for this world. <laughs> Ultimately, it's a lazy move. You're like, here's my card. Here's I was my working. I was uh, working at a holiday market. This guy's got on a million Eve. I it's was not busy. Even, it's not passive. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's egocentric. Because oh. I've done it, and I and I know why I did it. Yeah. Because I want, I want, I want to feel special. Yeah. <laughs> Just like she. I, wants I want the to. girl. Yeah. I want the girl to think like I want to feel like oh this girl likes me so much right that she is going to call me. Right, you know, I've done, it, and know, they I, never do that because a lot, most women don't make that first move. Thank you. I at the time, I honestly, it was, I, I wasn't thinking any more of that. That I'm in the middle of doing a few things. This is the easiest way to do it. Mm. But afterwards, once it was told to me that she was flirting, yes, that immediately was like, oh, ball is in her court. If she likes me, she'll contact me. Egocentric. Well, not initially. It was only afterwards. (laughs) What we have here is an intervention, Matt. (laughs) This is an intervention because, any, as Alan said, anytime you hand your card to a woman, she's not going to use it. Ever. What if I just handed her $5? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think that's legal. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, well, $5, I think. Again, you know, you're you're too comfortable showing your economic status (laughs) off the bat. You know what? It, it takes care of a lot of problems, right? You know, you can avoid a lot of things right away if, if a woman knows that you have no money. Hey, well, hey, what does five dollars get me? <laughs> it's like, well, she knows I'm making I'm, it rain. She knows $5. I'm underemployed, but she does know that I own my my co-op. So, oh, there that, you go. that's yeah. impressive. Yeah. So, it's how, did on, you, how did you slip that in? It's because, on his card. It's on his we, card. We live a few blocks away. And Parentheses. I, I own real estate. <laughs> yes. I, and there's a picture of me with with uh, the. the uh, I told her where I live and we're neighbors. She lives right near me. And she's like, oh, is it one of those co-ops? And I said, yes. You know, you know what? That would actually get a girl to call you faster than a picture of yourself on the business card. <laughs> to see like how you decorated it, where you're living, if you're right. a slob. You know, yeah, that, people, girls want to see that. And if it's a really nice place, they'll call you. Well, I think we're on a, the bigger issue is that there's been social norms that have been set up for hundreds of years that women grow up with that they want the men they want to feel special. Whether it's right or wrong, I'm not putting that value judgment on. But they want to feel special. They're the egocentric ones. <laughs> Even though I just That's put, true. Yeah. I just put my value judgment on it. But um that's just how it is. And that's we as men have to do a lot of the work at the beginning, especially in online dating. And especially in online dating, you see it as a microcosm. We gotta do so much work and they just have to field it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So you could fight it all you want, but I'm not actively fighting it. I wasn't like <laughs> like thinking of asking her number for her number and then decided to do something differently. Again, I wasn't trying to ask her out at the time. Because if you're going to fight thousands of years of tradition, I would say there's other issues you could fight. No, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always, always get a number, and and you have to wait. Like uh, what was that movie? Uh, Swingers. 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 You have right. to wait. You can't call within. Uh, well, she has waited. I gave her the card Christmas Eve. That was uh, five days ago. Yeah, <laughs> but it's holidays. You, you know? could stop counting days. She's never it's holidays. Call it. You know, you, that oh, doesn't count. This is five days ago. It was Christmas. Oh, Eve. you're done. Forget it. Well, no, you can't don't, count. Don't even... You can't count Christmas and and, and Christmas Eve and this and isn't Christmas a this, this, this isn't a bank. You're you're so, counting everything. Yeah, yeah. You, you were you're, done you're, right when you handed her the. Well, I know where she lives. No girl waits five days. Should I stalk her? 
Oh yeah, that 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 that's gonna win her over. All right, you heard it. People. You should show up with a boombox. Play <laughs> 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 Peter Gabriel. It's just a show boombox, but like no batteries in it. No, no, like, play like, Peter <laughs> Gabriel, and then she won't even get the reference. Your... She's probably how old is she? I doubt she's like. Uh, I think she's old enough to to have seen. Reference, uh, what was what was the movie? Um, uh, say anything. Say anything. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Basically. She's not going to call you. And uh, this is an intervention. So hopefully you never repeat that error again. Let's see. We will, folks, we will follow up, you know, in a, in a, in a week or two. Let's give it a few months, guys. Come on. <laughs> give her a few months. Forget it. You're not getting the job. You're not getting the pussy. It's you, all over. Do you think, though, she, she Googled me or checked out my website? No. No, I mean, not no, even that. that think she tore no. up the card? No, right when you handed her the card. She dried up like a Nevada desert and was done with you. But she, she gave me a hug. That's just her being getting out of there smoothly. That's all. That's yeah. a smooth exit? Smooth yeah. exit. Yeah. All right. Maybe she was just feeling you up and seeing, like, do you have any pecs? Maybe I'll reconsider this. <laughs> well, <laughs> then, then no, I, I definitely lost that. <laughs> Maybe she lost interest at the hug. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not, you're not like a fat dude. You're not like out no, of shape. No, well, you thank know? you, but I don't you're, have pecs. You're I don't trim? Have, you don't have pecs? Yeah, I'm kind of, you know, yeah. just, you know, fleshy. You got to decide. You can't, you can't do both. You can't ask for employment and ask for, a, for the date. I didn't ask for the date. I wanted the employment. Yeah. I'm but, fine with that. But she wanted the date because she asked you for coffee. I didn't realize that. Right. And then you really smacked her by saying, here's my business card. <laughs> I didn't say business card. <laughs> <laughs> when you go to get those card those personal cards printed there's no there's no tab personal card it says business cards i went to a place where you get your 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 headshots printed so it's i think it's just card <laughs> i didn't go on like vista print they uh this reminds me of this uh this old joke that it was a jackie mason joke mm -hmm. he went he, he went to la uh -huh. and he said every single person uh would would is was a producer in LA, they introduced themselves as producers, right? And they all had business cards. Yes. And you know, he'd ask them, he'd like, you know, your producer, what do you produce? Cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take my card. It's true. When I was living in LA, there'd be a lot of smarmy guys that would try to lure young, pretty actresses with their producer cards. <laughs> yeah, everyone's a producer. But uh, I don't know, man. Uh, try. What's your best move? What do you usually do? Like if I'm talking to a girl, like if I'm if I'm trying to You're trying to pick some a girl up, what do you usually do? I I, I honestly, and I, I know it sounds cliche, I just try to be myself because I I do honestly feel that I well, am. Well, obviously I'm, that's not working. Yeah, <laughs> I got nothing else. Have you, have you been single for a long time? Uh, no. Currently, uh, I, last relationship was uh, in winter spring of this year. Winter spring, okay. Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, I've I, I've dated since then, but my my last girlfriend, yeah, was. Like uh, we broke up uh, end of April, and you're Jewish. I am. You're you're a ginger Jew. I am. That, that's yeah. unusual. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you could pass for Irish. I could. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Are these good things for the yeah. dating world, or? Oh, it's a good thing. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah, crossing genres. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a good thing if you're uh, wider in certain parts of France and you're trying to just kind of, you know, you want to put put on your Jew face. You know what I mean? Escape anti-Semitism. Want to escape yeah. some anti-Semitism? Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, I, I luckily I haven't had to do that. But unfortunately, those are the traditions that we are having to deal with. Yeah. You know, especially she already she already said we should get coffee sometime. I mean, if you really like this girl, I don't I know would, her. I would try and find her on Facebook. 
I don't. I, I, at this point, I can't. I don't be, know her last name. It would make her feel special. She already put herself out there more than enough, and all There's, he did was nah, smack You have to move on. Face. You have to move on. You call another dog business, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then start your own dog business. Compete with hers, crush her, and then she'll come crawling to you. Ah, uh, there's there a good you move. Go. That's what you do. But, like um, a sleepless in Seattle? Was that... Yeah, that's, exactly, had, like, that's they, exactly the plot. They, 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't they have like competing bookstores? Tom Cruise. Tom Hanks crushed Meg Ryan, and then she came crawling back. And that's why every woman loves that movie. Didn't they have competing bookstores? Was that was that it? Is that no? That's the other one that he oh. made. Uh, the other sappy one that he made oh. with uh, Meg Ryan as well, and Dave Chappelle was in that. Okay, wasn't that was like um, you got mail? You got mail. Okay. Oh right, yeah, ding ding. So Alan, you must be on some pain medication right now. How are you dealing with this? Because you have you have, so, your teeth got messed up. Like my everything. teeth are messed up. Uh, my number eight tooth had to be ripped out. The other ones are, uh, I think my, the doctor sort of like. I mean, I have a, basically. I'm gonna have like a permanent crown. It looks fine. Really, you can't yeah, tell. Not really. Top. Are those fa- are those fake teeth? They're fake. Yeah. Okay. The top that, four. It happened. A uh, similar thing happened to my mom. She didn't have the ass problem you were going through. She just went to the bathroom in, early in the morning a few years back, and you know sometimes you just get faint. Yeah. That's what happened, and she fell on her face and knocked her front teeth out. Oh God, I oh, fainted before too, but luckily I was able to like it's slow. I slowly left consciousness, and I was able to just pull myself down. Mm-hmm. I didn't just like collapse. That sounds horrifying. You slow. So why, why did you faint? Um, I was in a concert and I just was like, I knew I was breathing, but I couldn't get any oxygen. I was just surrounded by people. And then everything just slowly went black. And I remember just like kind of reaching for anything like a wall or a pole. And I slowly just like fell down, but I kind of just like slowly slumped down. And then I, I was gone. I was out and then I didn't wake up until I was outside. Some big bouncer dude just had me over his shoulder. And then I, I like, I remember taking that breath of air. And I was like back in consciousness, and I'm on some big dude's shoulder. Like, what the? So he wasn't going necessarily going to get you medical help. He was just throwing your ass out because it was the end of the night. Yeah, he's like, "Don't die here, buddy. You got to die somewhere yeah. else." Uh, that, that, that's considerate. But right when I came to, it was I was like, everything's totally. So fine. you woke up on the back of a giant man. Yeah, exactly. How that, many, how many times have you done that? <laughs> <laughs> and that's when it all started. <laughs> that that to me is scarier. To uh, to pass out at a concert with all those people, I, I would just be afraid that you know they'd rob me and, and do all sorts of horrible things. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd be I'd be very afraid to lose control around strangers. Yeah, I feel like people kind of saw it slowly happen because I I must have been reaching my arms out to try to like find something sturdy. Who knows who I grabbed? <laughs> but Alan, are you on meds right now? Yeah, I have. Uh, I'm on some some medication right now. Um, I mean, I'm feel I'm definitely feeling better. I started doing uh, stand up again, and uh, you know, I'm talking about a lot of this on on stage. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's kind of embarrassing. I'm, really, I'm, it kind of is. I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody you know advertises their their ass pain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that, that that would be that that is a guarantee. It's like uh, that movie uh, Funny People, right? Uh, where uh, uh, Adam Sandler tells <laughs> Seth Rogen, like, are you are you trying not to get laid with your act? <laughs> That's <laughs> you know basically what? a guarantee. You're, not. you're making yourself really vulnerable, which is something yeah. Matt's too scared to do. And that, that's what <laughs> women are talking. We're done with me for today. <laughs> I'm admitting all my flaws on, on stage. I'm, I'm letting. I'm, I'm not holding back. I feel anymore. like people are attracted to vulnerability when you do a it with bit. strength. Yeah. When, when you when you like Louis C.K. does it very well. 
when you make yourself vulnerable and show you that you're not scared to make yourself vulnerable, that's very attractive. I, well, I, again, I don't know. I think the asterisk there is anal, con, <laughs> anal pain. <laughs> I think just hearing anal pain doesn't really get a lot of women excited. Uh, I, I just, uh, well, a couple of things with that. Well, one, I'm actually a little pissed because I have uh, gay friends mm-hmm. who I know, you know, like I've gone to sex shops, I see the sex toys, like they, they, they insert miniature missiles up their butts. Yeah, butt uh, plugs. Butt plugs, giant butt plugs. Yeah. And no proctalgia, no issues at all. They're, they're hopping and skipping. They're doing cartwheels down what, McDougal Street. What would that cure I have proctalgia. I've never stuck anything up my ass ever. Well, isn't that the problem? No, I don't. You think that's what it is? Yeah. You think, like, you think if I had anal sex, yeah. I wouldn't have proctalgia? Yeah, it seems that way because it's too tight. So, like, if you. It, it I don't know. It's not that it's too tight. <laughs> it's not that it's too tight. <laughs> You're really going to turn on your gay audience with this guy. They're, they're, they're masturbating to this story. No, uh, it's, uh, it's not it's too tight. It's just there, there's an extreme pain there. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's really what it is. You know? So, how do you, you're dealing with symptoms now, but how do you get to the actual. Curing of the problem. I really have to manage my stress. Basically, that, that that's the holistic approach would probably be best in this case. So mm-hmm. Is it just like some people will clench their jaws while they sleep? No, no, it's not a clenching. It's just it's like almost like a. I can't even describe the feeling because it's not like I'm like I'm constant. It's a little bit like I'm constipated, but mm-hmm. but far more than that. You know, it feels like like someone is just. Like bashing away at me with a with a sick like a hammer and a sickle or something, like it is excruciating, excruciating. Right. But it's same same. What I'm saying is, it's coming from the same place of like people deal with their their tension and their stress and hold it in different ways. Right. I think some people get yeah. ulcers. Right. I guess the, right. the biggest uh, you know analogy to this or comparison would be like an ulcer. Okay. Like people get ulcers. This is my this is my cross to bear. Yeah, but people, their pain and stuff manifests in different places. Mm-hmm. Yours just happens to be. It goes right to my ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, what's strange, though? Um, you're talking about being vulnerable and, and, and you know, sh- not being afraid to talk about these things. Like, so I, I've talked about my experiences when I had sciatica, I had a terrible fall, a terrible accident, and I shattered my L5-S1 disc, and I was in a wheelchair. Is that a for spinal a disc? A spi- yeah. Oh. Spinal disc. I st- and I had a spinal surgery. I still have the scar wow. in the back. It's a b- big scar. And um, Is that when you were in a wheelchair? I was in a wheelchair. Okay. I have a funny story about that, actually. I, I love wheelchair stories. Aren't funny wheelchair <laughs> stories the best? <laughs> Great. <laughs> so I, uh, in the beginning, I wasn't confined to the wheelchair 24-7. I just had extreme sciatica, which means you know, I couldn't find a comfortable position. I, I, I couldn't sit for too long. I couldn't stand for too long. But I still needed that wheelchair you know, for some time, a little bit of time at least. Yeah. So I'd bring, I would, I would bark. I'd sell tickets for comedy shows. This is a few years back. In the wheelchair. In the wheelchair. I come out. I bring the wheelchair because like I'm like I can't stand for this long. I'm gonna have to sit in the wheelchair for a little bit. Um, and I'd, I'd sell in the wheelchair. And then <laughs> you know I would look down on my watch. I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna miss my spot at the club. You know what? I'm feeling good enough to get up. All right. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run. <laughs> I'm gonna run right over. I would outrace the people who bought tickets from me when I sold it to them in the wheelchair. Oh, no. <laughs> and they'd see me running past them with a the wheelchair. And they would yell out, you motherfucker, you yeah. con artist scum. And I'm like, no, no, you understand. I'm not, con- I'm not confined 24-7. And, you know. Well, they're in the show, too. You just sold them tickets. And I'm and in then the you're show. On stage and I'm on out. stage. 
And uh, it's so, you know, the wait, one of the waitresses hated me for the longest time. Yeah. And because she thought like I was doing this as some kind of con, you know? Right. I'm like, no, it's not, it's not a con. I really have this pain. Well, just, you know? to, like, just to keep really... up with the mu- movie references, you're like Eddie Murphy in Trading Places. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. That's pretty much. That's pretty much on the nose. It's uh, it, it was so crazy, and eventually I had to stop doing stand up. It was it was it was horrible. Uh, my spine was so crooked. There, I still have pictures of this my, oh, from my family. My family. It, it was it was really hard for them to watch me do this too. Like it would take me forever to get in and out of a car. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so much pain just doing doing that. And then when I, I post for pictures, I see myself. I'm I'm curled. Like the letter C, <laughs> I'm I'm just like my spine is like this. It's so, and I just I couldn't I couldn't stand straight. Wow, I was, and it was horrible, horrible. And I can't believe uh, my girlfriend at the time <clears throat> stayed with me. Yeah, women are th- there are some amazing women on this planet. Yeah, and you seem to attract them. And I, I seem to uh, also you know completely destroy <laughs> everything <laughs> everything good. <laughs> Within those relationships, but yeah. Why are things not going great right now? I, I, I can't discuss the... Unfortunately, uh, I got to be... I, you know. Mm. Yeah. I, 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 I don't, don't want to say something that, well, you know... Will hurt anybody's yeah, feelings? Yeah, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. You could, you could save... Uh, I don't hurt anyone's feelings. I don't, I don't want to make th- some things public that the other person may not be comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Uh, just out of respect, you know. Yeah. Well, how do you know when a relationship is over, or if it's just in a slump? That's a good question. You know, I, I wish it were clearer. I wish relationships came with an expiration date. Well, men men never yeah. know. That's why no one, no guy has ever broken up with a girl. No, no. But most of the time, it's like, I yeah, I want to break up. Are you sure? I'm not totally. <laughs> I think so. Men are always uncertain. Yeah. Well, that comes from a lot of different places, especially. I didn't. I didn't get laid until I was in my twenties. Oh wow! I I had one. I, I mean, I, I had a whole bunch of blowjobs, <laughs> <laughs> but I never could progress past that. And I I didn't. I was actually. I I was afraid to progress past that. I I would stop it because I I was like I don't know if I'm going to be any good. Oh, and all I know is this. And and also I was I was you know I wasn't getting attractive girls or girls that I was into. I was just accepting any takers. You weren't just saving yourself. I was not not <laughs> blowjob wise. Blowjob, it was open season. It was yeah. whoever you know can come, <laughs> whoever approaches me. W- and was that because you had a, a low opinion about yourself, or you Extra- just yeah, yeah okay. extraordinarily <laughs> low opinion of myself, low self esteem? Uh, because my mother is the parenting style. My mother would um, raise me up. It was almost she treated me almost like the messiah. Uh-huh. And my father, I have a bit about this, you know, treated me like, you know, calls me a piece of idiot. Okay. <laughs> so she would build, whenever she'd build me up, he would break, like, you know, like she would say to me, oh my God, you know, my son is, uh, so, you know, he, oh, look, look, Pietro, my dad's name is Pietro. He's like, look, Pietro, look how good looking our son is. He should be on the cover of magazines. <laughs> and my dad, my dad says, yeah, piece of idiot monthly. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that is the classic formula. That's a classic stand-up comedian formula. Over, yeah. over supportive mother and uh, yeah, father and that you can never please. Father you can never please. Mm-hmm. So you're, I mean, it's... Re- it's <laughs> not even a full idiot. Not even a full, yeah, that's my bit. I'm not even a full idiot. I'm not even a full idiot. Uh, that, that is, it, it's, 
and, and it, it just creates something. It, it basically takes whatever hole you would have had inside of you mm-hmm. and opens it up uh. to, to where it's all consuming. <laughs> it, it becomes the you know, it, it becomes your black hole with, within you, and, and that, that you can never feed enough. You what know, is that black bo- hole? It's bottomless. The, the, the hole that needs uh, validation from your father and approval yeah. from your father, but the audience is serving as a surrogate. Right. You know. Your your parents are both alive still? They're, yeah, they're okay. both alive. Has your, does your father still talk to you in that way? Does he come around at all? Uh, <laughs> bigger piece of idiot. It's bigger piece of idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, he, he's still... I, I can't... He hasn't really evolved, you know? Yeah, he's still, like, very quick with the insults. Um, but isn't, I, I, that, isn't yeah. that just his way of showing love? Is it, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's generational. Some yeah. of it's generational. Like, uh, the older generation, they're not so affectionate. They don't deal with emotions. It's just toughness. It is, it's a different, I mean, completely different. There, I, I consider my father a different species. Yeah. <laughs> His type of interaction is so alien to what Ameri- most Americans uh, understand and know. Like, I, I actually saw him fighting with my grandfather and having like an, a wrestling match. <laughs> it devolved into a wrestling match. Uh-huh. They couldn't settle their argument with words. They just started wrestling each other. How old were my they? My grandfather. <laughs> You're fucking wrestling my grandfather. What are you doing? going to break know? something. Yeah. Well, ha- so I, I didn't need a WWE. <laughs> I just had to show up to reunions. Does your dad have any friends? Have you seen him interact? With no, not a single friend in this world. <laughs> Does he show? Does he show any affection to your mom? Uh, it's it, it, it's all the relationships are are so dysfunctional and strained. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I <laughs> we give you enough love to get lots of blowjobs, but no more. Yeah, that's basically it. I, I basically like I don't deserve any more pleasure than this. <laughs> As many blowjobs as you want, yeah, son. Yeah. But no sex. <laughs> Piece of idiot. Only you should be able to get a blowjob. That's it. That's where. That, that's that's it. Not good enough. Not good. Well, you know what it was. It was uh, high expectations, and he was frustrated with uh, his own life and his. You know his his life didn't go the way he wanted. Mm. He, he would tell me that all the time. What went uh, wrong? What did he want? He grew up in the Soviet Union. And oh, wow. with, you know, just horrible anti-Semitism where you couldn't even get accepted into the university you wanted to go if you were a Jew. Wow. So he wanted to go to engineering school and, you know, they wouldn't take him. So this is anti-Semitism that's built into the government? It's built into the government. Wow. It's, 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 it's institutionalized, yeah. Is it still like that? It's almost. It's not really like on the books, but it's one of those, it's, you know, like the like country clubs. Type of thing. Wow. Like is it still in the 50s. Uh, not, it's not like that now. Putin actually, because there's a brain drain all, because of all that mass immig- uh, immigration, um, you know, all the, all the Russians uh, emigrated to, mm-hmm. to America when the doors opened up. Right. And uh, Putin is actually trying to court the Jews again. He's trying to make them feel like, no, no, it's much better now. And he's trying to bring them back. Uh, he wants so, some of that brain power. He wants <laughs> some of the, brain, the Jew brain power. Yeah. <laughs> But it's uh, it, the there's definitely there's still a lot of anti-Semitism in the country. Mm-hmm. They don't, people don't. Russia is the biggest redneck country on earth. I believe it's from yeah. seeing Putin's 
photographs on a horse. <laughs> yeah, people think like Russians are exotic, you know, and sometimes they are. You know, there's some brilliant Russians, some of the greatest writers, poets, you know, ballet dancers, all this. There's a rich cultural history. Yeah. But the other side of that is beyond anything you've seen on Deliverance. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's still a little Neanderthal. Yeah, yeah, there's something that side. But yeah, it's a very macho culture and there's a huge gap between my father and I because mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't have that mentality. He uh, wants I, you to be more gruff. Yeah, I'm not looking to wrestle out my problems. <laughs> you, not, you were you were born. In I was the I was born in Belgium. Oh, okay. I was born on the way here. I see. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they were like they're fleeing communism. They thought perfect time not to use a condom. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. Great. No time money. Out. We're on the run. Fuck it. Let it, let's let it all ride. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's just a, it's we it's a, it's a very strange relationship. It's difficult for me with my father. Mm-hmm. Do you see him over the holidays? You see him often? I don't see him often. I, I live in in Astoria. He, they live in New Jersey. That's not that. Far. And I keep trying. <laughs> I know. I, I I keep asking them to come over. I tell them like, come on by, come over, and they they won't come over. They won't come to your place. They won't come to my place. Mm-hmm. How long? They want you? me to go to their place. I think it, I think it's a point of. I don't know what kind of point he's trying to make. Like he's you know. It's like son. son like he's not kind of parents. The son has to, like you because he still has this mentality of you know the patriarchal sure. system where the, the the man is the king of his castle. You go to the castle, and I have to. Yeah, the king doesn't visit you. Totally, the king doesn't visit the peasants. So if the peasant wants something, the peasant comes to the castle. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's still a lot of families like that. Yeah. He sits at the head of the table. Mm-hmm. All, all <laughs> these years, he's never been like you know what I'm going to sit in the middle of the table tonight. Never, no, right? Never, never. <laughs> Always he's got his same. spot, yep. and that's it, and that's it. I know he's that a scary one. dude. Yeah. He's a very scary dude. Have you brought your uh, current girlfriend to meet him? Um, yeah, they, they, yeah, they've met. And does he uh, approve? She has to be Jewish, right? No, they, they've given all that stuff up. They have a, yeah, they that's have. a relief, right? <laughs> that opens up about 80% of the rest of the population, at least. Yeah. Uh, no, they, they, really, you know, they really like her. They do? You may want to edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> no, they 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 really do like her. Yeah, they really do. They they have nothing but uh, great things to say about her. Are they religious? It's uh, a warped, mm-hmm. uh, a warped sense of religion. They have superstitions. Basically, is what they've clung to. Like God, clung, cling to biblical superstitions. Um, yeah, like they <clears throat> because you couldn't practice religion openly. In, in Russia back really? in the Soviet Union because it, it, it's communism communism didn't you know they didn't really want I didn't know that yeah they, they didn't really want Jews out there what about Christians uh, I think Christians got, got a pass oh okay right well they do so they practice religion they're, they're into the Bible there right now they are well now he's aligned Putin aligned himself with the church and that, that's a big base of his power but like yeah like hardcore communism there's no religion really I didn't know that yeah. so no Bible at all I don't, I don't. I have to. I have to ask them okay. how how, uh, how it was exactly. But I just know they've held on to the superstitions. Like you can't, uh, you know, you can't wear socks around the house with no slippers. Uh, I think if you do that, you're putting a, a curse on your parents or something. And they really believe this. Huh? They really believe that. Yeah, it was a big thing. I can never wear socks without slippers. You have to wear your slippers. 
The irony is that all of us sin. right now are wearing. We're all socks. wearing socks. <laughs> our, we're, our families are ruined. It's over. Oh, it doesn't even have to be in the same home anywhere. Anywhere Whoa. you have to wear socks. Are they specific about the curse? We have, to, exactly? you have to wear slippers. I don't know exactly what will happen. I, yeah. I think. I think um, death. Oh. <laughs> Just death. At least, at least yeah. it's not a slow torture. Yeah. But. At least not, yeah, quick death from from the socks. <laughs> so there's that, and there's uh, what was the other one? That was a big superstition. You can't kiss um, when someone is standing at the doorway. You can't kiss, kiss through a doorway. Right, one person has to step out. You have to step in. That that's uh, that's bad luck. You you have to sit down before you. Whenever you you uh, you leave for a big trip, uh-huh. you have to sit down together and have a moment of silence. Oh, that's kind of sweet. Yeah, just like know. reconnect, just reconnect. Yeah. I think that that must come from Jews having to flee countries quite mm. often, and they, that they, could, you know, be, could be the last time you're sitting down together. Last time we're sitting down together, yeah. and let's just make sure you know we grabbed all our stuff right. and we have all our escape routes planned out, <laughs> <laughs> and we know what we're smuggling, you know, out, out of the country with us, and and uh, that's it. Wow. So there's that superstition. I'm trying to think like what else they have. Uh, yellow. I remember when I got married. Uh, yellow was bad luck. Everything's bad luck. Yeah, there are a million things that are bad luck. What a pain in the ass! Oh, you can't you can't uh, wish a Russian happy birthday until after their the day of their birthday, the day of their birthday, or after that. You can't do it the day before. It's bad. So does Facebook automatically like configure that for Russians? (laughs) I'm I'm sure the Russian (laughs) Facebook does. (laughs) (laughs) They're automatically unfriended. <laughs> or it just pops up the, the the birthday alert pops up the day after. The day at, right, yeah. right. So you can't even do it. So are you on Percocets right now? Is that your painkiller? Gary, I, why do you keep asking why, about you're like really <laughs> obsessed with the painkiller stuff? I, I've actually I don't want any. It's not don't worry about it. The, um I, I've I've toned it down. I'm on uh, ibuprofen. Oh you have that's and, good. Uh, all in all, maximum dosage. Yeah. Because it's really addictive. And I heard you on uh somewhere else say that you had a uh, you got it hooked on it in the when you're in the wheelchair, right? I, I had a little problem. I mean, uh-huh. you know, and I'm I'm lucky uh, I kicked it. But yeah. I, I mean, it is really addictive when you're in extreme pain, mm-hmm. and and that alleviate that. And but it stopped alleviating it after a while. Tolerance, my yeah, my tolerance built up, yeah. and even that didn't help. I did I did everything I could um, when I when I had uh, my back pain, my sciatica, and uh, I had to have spinal surgery. It was so going into spinal surgery that that's scary. I know? bet. That is really scary because you don't know. Even though they say like, "Oh, we have a high success rate," don't worry about it. You worry because if it goes wrong, you just can never walk again. You can never walk. I mean, who knows? Yeah, you can never walk again. Maybe you won't have feeling from, you know, from any part. Of, not having feeling in any part of my body would be terrifying to me. So, you know, I I was in the wheelchair. I was in I was in extreme pain all the time. It was agonizing. Every moment became agonizing, and. uh I don't know what if, if if that procedure hadn't helped me. Yeah, I uh, I was gonna go. It was going down a very dark road. Yeah, um, you know, I, I don't know how much longer I could have lasted because your the, your quality of life was just so bad. The quality of life was really bad. See, this is something I try and remind myself of when I get in a bad mood. It's like, all right, at least I have my health. You know, like when you have a toothache or something, or you're or God, like you're in a wheelchair with a constant pain. Nothing is good, you know. So if you're, oh, it's just the worst. Like you just can't enjoy your life at all. It could be a lot worse. Yeah, it could yeah. Be a lot, and, lot and worse. We should, like you said, remind ourselves when we're feeling good. Like, hey, I'm feeling good today. I shouldn't complain about 
something very minor. It's all relative. If you can get up and walk to the kitchen, then that's a great day for a lot of people. Yeah, you don't realize when when I when that pain went away. Mm -hmm. Wow, was I? I I was overjoyed. Overjoyed, but also. I almost felt like you know. Remember that movie Unbreakable? Yeah. Yes. With uh, Mr. Glass, mm-hmm. those first few days, I remember feeling like I feel like Mr. Glass. I, would, I remember like, all right, I don't want this to ever happen again. Mm-hmm. I am going to walk extremely slowly. <laughs> Make sure if there's anything, you know, I'm, I'm always have something. I always have something to brace myself on. Right. Um, I'm not going to try to play basketball or anything. How would you get to your apartment? Would you were you able to walk at least upstairs or anything like that? It was so pain. I would. I mean, it's ridiculous. I had such a work ethic. I would still come out and bark. And uh, I remember one time I I went out and I had to like slam my back. I couldn't strain myself out when I would get out of the out of the car. So I, you know, there's a while when I had to um, slam myself against the wall just try to get oh, get myself God. straightened out. I just couldn't, you know, get myself yeah like uh, outstretched and. Um, Whenever I hear these stories, it makes my posture so much better. <laughs> yeah, I got to remind myself too of the posture. <laughs> yeah, and I remember one time I went, uh, I went barking, and I couldn't get to the heart of Times Square, and I, oh. I was like, I need, and you think I would stop at that point? Yeah, I was like, I'm fucking gonna, nothing's gonna stop me yeah. from getting to that, you know, selling those tickets so I get some stage time. Yeah, so I, I found a broom, I was uh, leaning against the side of the wall, and I took that broom and I, I broke the bottom part of it. Uh huh. Uh, and I used it as a walking stick oh my God. to get myself to fucking Times Square and sell those tickets. Wow. And uh, I remember one time, the, the last day that I barked there, I, I was in so much pain. I could, even with the, with the stick, I couldn't get there. And I, had to, I needed to sit down immediately. I didn't have my wheelchair. Um, and I went into a hotel. And I, uh, I sat. I was like, I, I just sat down in the lobby. Yeah. I just needed to sit for a little bit to like, kind of like, you know. And I remember them coming up to me. They're like, uh, "Are you? Do you have a room here?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "No, man. I have this horrible spinal condition. I'm in, in excruciating pain. I can't walk or stand up right now. I just need a moment." And he's like, "Are you okay? Are you um, seeing someone here? Are you meeting someone?" I'm like, no, no. Did you hear what I just said? I just, I can't stand up. It, it, it hurts me to yeah. the point where I, I you know, I, I'm in, I'm in so much pain. It's, I have to do everything I can not to, not to scream and in, in, in pain, not to scream right now because I'm in so much pain. Uh, he's like, all right, well, you have to get out of here now. Damn. And I was like, are you serious? I, like, just give me a moment. You know, I'm not just like a, you know, crackhead homeless guy. Right. You did have you know, your hobo walking stick. But, yeah. yeah. But you know what, what saved me? I gave him a business card. See? <laughs> <laughs> call me. And it said, you know, actor, call me, let's do coffee. <laughs> and uh, he's like, all right, you can stay. Let, we'll, you know. Oh, see? Yeah. He, he had a dog walking business. And <laughs> he's, like, he's like, come work for me. New York City really does that to people, though. It makes you kind of uh, callous. Because mm-hmm. you just see so many horrible things in the city that you just have to shut off your emotion. It's it's people. horrible. It really is horrible. You sh- everyone should see Michael Moore's new movie. Uh-huh. You have to see this movie. You have to see it. Where to Invade Next. That's what it's called? That's where it's, what it's okay. called. Where to Invade Next. It's, it's, so, it's such an important movie to see right now. It'll, it's actually a feel-good movie. <laughs> it really is. It, it's a feel-good and feel-bad movie, but mostly feel-good. It's hilarious. He goes around... All, he goes around the world mm-hmm. and he shows 
he, he shows you how little things that they're doing, he just shows you like how much better they're doing it than we are right now. Uh-huh. And how much better we could have it. And he shows you how much more compassion like with there what? is outside of America and how we've sort of become, like you said, we've become hardened, we've become callous. Can you give me an example of what you're talking about? Drugs. Uh-huh. So drug addiction. Yeah. The, our, our war on drugs, right? So I think it was in, uh, in Portugal. Mm-hmm. If I'm remembering this, Portugal, it, it's all legal there. It's complete for the last uh, 15 years, approximately. Mm-hmm. They've legalized all everything, of, everything, every drug. Yeah. If you're if you're caught using drugs, you do not go to jail. You don't go to jail, and their uh, drug rates, their drug addiction rates, have gone down. Uh huh. Right. And and that was, I mean, that, that's what, what with this war on drug is on, on drugs is ridiculous. It, it's ruined so many lives. Mm-hmm. And he, he connected it to you know to Jim Crow and racism and mm-hmm. trying to keep uh, you know black people enslaved and keep them from voting. I um, want to see the movie, but it does get tricky because when you compare America to other countries, what you have to factor in is that the, the people are so different. You know, like I've been to Portugal. The people in Portugal they just have a very different mentality. Americans are very us, every man for himself. You know, get ahead above the other person. And then you go to these other European countries and they're not like that. They're fine with paying taxes. They feel okay with where their money is going. It's just that it's a very different mentality. It's a different mindset. And in Portugal as well, like you can drink. When I was there, people are going to the bars, filling up their drinks. And then when you leave the bar, the guy at the door pours your drink into a plastic cup and you take it outside. And then everyone's like, like the whole city's a bar. So you're walking, you're walking around. And everyone's got drinks, but they don't get, they don't fight, they don't get unruly. You know, it's not like uh, white people that you find in, you know, the UK or here in the US. It's just different mentalities. I don't know if that would work here. I think if we legalized crack and heroin, people all over the place would just be a mess. I disagree. Yeah, I disagree. I think you have to because. Because they they had our our system in place. They had a war on drugs before they had before they instituted this policy. Right, and it, it's it's helped their country. I, you you should maybe be mandated to seek treatment, but you shouldn't do prison time. You should not do prison time for for drug related offenses. I, mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe if it's that. just simply using, I I agree. Yeah, simply using or, I mean, but doesn't it doesn't it tell kids? Hey, it's legal. It's accepted. Try it. You know, some drugs like crack and heroin. If you try it, it might really. I don't think so. I, mean, I, I grew up in a in a household that was very liberal with with, with alcohol. Uh-huh. Vodka's on the table. If you want some, son, help yourself. Right. You know? So it didn't, and that did not make me an alcoholic. You know, I, I wasn't. You take away the mystique, right? And you take away the rebellious aspect of it. And I think that goes a long way towards uh, helping right. The you, you change the culture of drugs. Mm-hmm. You change the culture of it. Yeah, I mean that's kind of one thing rock and roll has really done damage to kids. Is like kind of glorified heroin and cocaine. I don't know about her- well. There are some great songs about, about heroin and cocaine. But. Yeah, just all the rock stars, yeah. Keith Richards, Kurt Cobain. You know, all of them are just uh, they got hooked. But, yeah. if, but if you know your your rock and roll history, you know you know that you don't want to go down that. It doesn't end well. Unless it doesn't you're Keith end Richards. well. Unless you're Keith, <laughs> unless you're Keith Richards, who is indestructible. Yeah, apparently. But yeah, so they 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 uh, they talked about the uh, the drug problem. They talked about uh, healthcare, the prison system, um, even cafeteria food, cafeteria uh-huh. food that we feed our our, our children. 
It's horrible. And how in France they have these amazing gourmet meals. Yeah. These, I mean, it looks unbelievable. It looks fresh and healthy. Mm-hmm. And then they show the slop that we're serving our <laughs> kids. Yeah. And they show the, the French kids uh, some of, you know, pictures of what we're serving American kids, pictures of the, of the food tray, of, yeah. of, of the food. And they just look, they, they look like they wanted to vomit. They looked so nauseous. They're yeah. like, they couldn't believe that's real food. Even when you drive around Europe, like the truck stops on the major highways all around Europe, the truck stops, you stop, and it's not McDonald's. It's just like homemade cooking. Yeah. Like tons of homemade cooking out. That's, that's what's there. I can't believe Europeans allowed McDonald's into their in their countries yeah i can't believe that i that that's just we're, we're you know americans like that that's an aspect of of our culture that that's that's a virus that's that's horrible yeah and it really could lend it's really probably part of the reason people hate americans probably mcdonald's just threw so much money at whoever and was like we want to open one here yeah. no 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 and here more money here outside of cities most people in this country they're eating whether it's McDonald's or something fancier like, you know, whatever, TGIFs or, you know. Ooh, some, fancy. Some, yeah, well, that's, <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all, you know, that, that's an upscale version of McDonald's, right? That's yeah. what you bring the family to on a Saturday night, you know? <laughs> and that, that's what it is. Those, you go into small towns, you might have an independently owned pizza place or, yeah. you know, Chinese takeout, but it's all, it's all places like that. That's part of the problem yeah. is that good food is too expensive for Definitely. a lot of families in America. Yeah. And you can that, you can feed your whole family at McDonald's. Yeah. And and that you have both, you know, b- both uh parents working and they don't have time to prepare healthy meals. So But what they're missing is that they're paying for it later in healthcare costs. Right. You know, I'd rather spend a couple extra dollars on a healthy meal and hope I'll won't have to pay it later at the doctors. Americans are so uh they're in such bad shape economically that they don't have, I believe it's, uh, if they had an emergency, they don't even have, the average American doesn't have $400 mm-hmm. to pay for that emergency. Right. Our, That's our country, insane. Yeah, our country's in really, really bad shape. A yeah. lot of people are struggling. I so, saw a picture on Facebook, you with Michael Moore. Yeah, yeah, I got Did, to meet Michael Moore. I went to the to uh, the premiere in New York City. You went to see the movie with him? He's like, hey, Alan, no, you want to come see my no, movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I, I'm, I'm a kingmaker. All right, and I, I'm I'm pretty hot stuff here in showbiz. So <laughs> Michael Moore beat you up. That's you have what really to, That's what it was. I told him that I'm voting for Trump, and he just he started <laughs> kicking my ass. Don't let that fat guy fool you. He's a really he's a power puncher. Yeah, but uh, nah, he's uh, he's great. I'm a, I'm I'm a fan of most of. I, I don't agree with him on every topic. Michael I don't agree Moore, with. Yeah. I don't agree with them on Israel and mm-hmm. with certain things that he had to say about uh, what's you know the, the, the Palestinian-Israeli crisis, but um, but I still think he has a lot of important points to make. See, you're a political guy; you know about politics and stuff, but it's not so much in your stand-up. Is that on purpose? <sighs> it, it, I, I'm I'm always torn about this, and I think I'll probably get to a point. Like already, I'm kind of transitioning out of my family material, uh-huh. and I'm going for more challenging stuff. Not that my family material isn't challenging; it comes from an honest place, and sure. it comes from a place of pain. But uh, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm becoming more vulnerable. The political thing, I, I did a George W. Bush one, joke, right? Uh-huh. George W. Bush joke, timely, like four, no, not not, <laughs> not recently. <laughs> I got some good Van Buren jokes here, kids. <laughs> hey guys, uh, have you heard about that duel? <laughs> 
no, so yeah, I'm gonna start doing Aaron Bird little <laughs> jokes. It's gonna be amazing. All the kids are gonna love it. <laughs> so uh, this is this is like when Bush was still president, right? Or maybe like when Bush just it was just when Obama became president. Okay. Okay. And I did a George Bush joke about what a horrible president he was, mm-hmm. and uh, and about the the shoe tr- the shoe throwing incident, yeah, mm-hmm. and that how George W. Bush has no shame, like he would just show up on television as if he didn't destroy all fifty states, <laughs> like have some sense of shame, like right. I I would you know I would hide out if I if I ruined dinner, you yeah, know? yeah, if I ruined right. like toast, I'd be like you know what I should lay low, you know, right. I don't want right. <laughs> But he had no qualms. He had no 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 qualms at all. And uh, I was like, yeah, he really really sucked because you remember that that shoe throwing incident mm-hmm. where he had a press conference, yeah. and someone threw not one but two shoes at him. And I was like, that's when you know you fucked up as president. Yeah, and someone throws not one but two shoes at you, and the Secret Service, which is supposed to dodge a bullet, won't. We're supposed to, the Secret Service. I'm fucking up my own joke. I haven't done this in a long time. All right, but uh, the Secret Service, which is supposed to dodge a bullet. Fuck! They wouldn't even take Fix a shit editing. for him. Fix, that's that's the joke. You could you know where it's going. There's no misdirect. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they don't won't even take a shoe for him. That's right. They won't they, even take a shoe for him. They didn't really do anything. They didn't do anything. Yeah. That, that my point is, he got a chance to to, to throw to take off, not just throw shoes. It was right. not he came in loaded with shoes. <laughs> he had to like untie them, take them off his feet. You yeah. know, get his throwing arm ready. Aim, fire, right. and then you have to do the same thing to the second shoe. Well, you know? I read that's a big insult. It was in Iraq, right? It's the biggest insult to beat someone with your with your slipper or your shoe. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's the biggest. <laughs> do you, biggest do you think? And the, ironically, that was a press conference that he had to talk about his successes in Iraq. And as an Iraqi person who threw it at him. Awesome. Do you think there are possible more career opportunities though for you if you get into more of a if you're known as more of a political guy who can comment both seriously and comically? Possibly. Well, here, here. So, two two points, right? So, one, I made that joke, mm-hmm. and afterwards, someone came up to me, uh, red faced, oh boy, and got right in right in front of me and started yelling at me. George Bush was a good president. Fuck you if you don't know that. Right. You just can't recognize that. You don't know shit about what you're talking about, boy. Yeah. Like that, you know. It's like okay, uh, the facts don't point to that, but okay, you know. And the other, so that was, you know, you get those strong reactions from people. So you polarize the audience. And the other thing, too, a lot of bookers, a lot of club owners, you don't, you, people think that everyone in, 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 in show business entertainment is liberal. That's not true. Yeah. There are a lot of powerful conservatives in our business. Yeah. And you Ronald don't know. Ronald Reagan, for example. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's <laughs> never going to book you again. <laughs> I'm going to start doing Reagan jokes, too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he, um, yeah, you don't know. You don't know if someone's going to be like, you know, fuck that liberal. Right, you know, I don't like that guy because yeah, I know there, there's one comic. I don't want to mention his name, but mm-hmm. I'm sure you probably know who this is. He told me he great comic, you know, ultra liberal, ultra liberal, mm-hmm. and he was at one of the most important comedy clubs in New York City. Mm-hmm. It was past right, and it, once you get past this club, you're on, you're golden if you yeah. don't fuck it up. So he's past this club, and then the person who books it stopped booking him. What he, he said? And he said it's because he he was too liberal. Is this the seller? Um, uh, listen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that that that's that's I, I have no comment to that. Well, but, is it the same for yeah. religion? You know, there's a lot of a lot more people are religious than you would think. So if you make uh, atheist jokes, religion too now. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of comedians are religious, and you know, like you're gonna. Piss, I see the weirdest thing with um, 
Ricky Gervais. Yeah. And Andy Kindler. Very out atheists. It's so R- Ricky Gervais is an out atheist. Yeah. Proud atheist. And he speaks out against religion all the time. Yeah. And Andy Kindler, for some reason, is always ridiculing him for doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it's, so you don't know who you're going to... Andy Kindler, oh, Andy Kindler is religious. I don't know. But he, yeah, he, yeah. He's, I've heard he, him Andy speak become, about his religion before as oh, well. Yeah, he's, he's become like the sheriff of comedy. <clears throat> I've heard him like him and, him, him and I think Marin argue about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. for some reason he, he appointed himself uh, sheriff. And yeah. he, he makes fun of other comics he thinks aren't funny. And... So I guess you have to wait till you're big enough. I, I don't know. We, I don't know if we need that in comedy. Someone, you know, constantly trying to tear you down. That seems like his like. his role these days, Kindler. It seems like he's gotten better known for shitting on other comics. On other comics, yeah. yeah. That's a shame. But you do bring up a good point of polarizing your audience. And I guess I never thought of. I knew politics did that, but I didn't think about it as much with religion. But I'm sure it's the same way. We live in a different. I, I, I don't know about you guys. I was really heavily influenced by Bill Hicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Carlin, right, and I, I love, I love good political commentary, mm-hmm. good political comedy. Uh, it's it, we don't really have. Take a look around. How many truly successful political comedians are out there in the clubs? John Stewart went back to stand up. Bill Maher, yeah, but these are guys that have also been around for but these 20, guys have been around years. forever, yeah, forever. Right. But like besides like, a handful like, of like guys, Stanhope is kind of Stanhope's like sort of he's like a libertarian, yeah. He's a but you know he definitely speaks his mind. He speaks his mind, yeah. He's but he's he's you know he's not a. I, I love Stanhope. Stanhope's mm-hmm. an amazing comedian. It's you know he, he's not. A, so you think people know. are more concerned about voicing their opinions these days? I think there are. I think there's a sort of like a chilling I'm, effect. It, it is dangerous. You say anything and the internet explodes. Everyone's so PC and super sensitive. Everyone explodes. Everyone. Yeah. So there's an immediate backlash. Yeah. An well, immediate backlash. And people, and maybe like I'll pull a, a Rosie O'Donnell, mm-hmm. you know, where maybe you get to, because she didn't come out of the closet until she had her show and she had money in the bank. And I don't blame her. Right. You know, I don't blame her for being afraid of the, you know, the climate in America. So maybe, you know, I need to, if I had some money in the bank, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I got to a certain level, maybe I'd feel more comfortable. But, but with, I, I don't know. With her it's partially like, yeah, dealing with being a lesbian, but it's also like once you I understand gay people not wanting to come out even if they're fine with who they are, because once you come out as a gay comedian or actor, you're the gay comedian and actor, right. it, it becomes your identity. Right. Yeah, we don't have any leading men in America. Who who are out of the closet, mm-hmm. right? Do you know any action stars who are out of the closet? Action stars. Well, there's the Star Trek on the later on the newer Star. Trek. Um, Spock. Yeah. Uh, what's it? Zachary's Quinto. Zachary Quinto. Yeah. Yeah. But who else? Uh, there's. Look uh, at our action stars: Matt Damon, right? Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. Well. Um, <laughs> Which, uh, you know, yeah, there have been rumors. Well, I think it's because people have a, people in general, human nature, they just, once they see something about you, they want to put you in a box. Yeah. Just to clearly label you. They don't mean any harm by it. It's just the way the brain works, apparently. It's like, oh, that's the gay actor. That's the gay guy. Yeah, they want to pigeonhole you. Yeah. It, it, it's, I don't, I, I, I hope we get past that at a certain point. But I have a lot of conservative fans and, it's it's always I'm I'm always mindful of that. I'm always thinking like, you know, yeah. can I afford to lose fans right now? Because I know no matter how much they love you now, mm-hmm. if you do something that they disagree with, 
they take some of these people take their politics ex extraordinarily seriously. I guess John Stewart pulled it off in a way where he didn't alienate people so much. I mean, he still got a lot of conservatives to respect him and to go on a show. No, no, he if, if Fox. It, it, have you seen footage? <laughs> they, they, they're constantly trying to tear him down. Yeah, I guess they're tearing him down, but yeah. they know that they, it's a they game. come on his show to plug yeah. a book, right? You know, to to plug a movie or a show or something. Right. But they're not; they weren't fans of John Stewart. It's a weird thing where the human brain wants to see things that just solidify their own opinion already. Yeah, you, but that's they, not what stand up's for. That's right. Yeah, it's that's not what it's for. You have to push the the conversation forward, and you have to be ahead of the curve. Exactly. But I guess you can do it with social issues, maybe not so much politics. I, I want to I, I want to talk about politics. I, I really do. Uh, the other thing too is the audience knowing what you're talking about, getting your references. Right. That's if true. they didn't show up for a political show, and you start you start rattling off uh, people in the president's cabinet, yeah, <laughs> making yeah. fun of them. <laughs> like I didn't even know the president had a cabinet. You know, they're like, what, what's what's a, what's a, what's the cabinet? You, you know, you know what the don't, gamble don't is. Them. But you, but nowadays it's easier for your audience to find you, you know, because the internet makes it you're easily accessible anywhere. So if you want to take that gamble right. and become the political comedian, you, it's going to be a time of weirdness. But then hopefully the audience will find you, and then you could be the political comedian. Yeah. And we probably do need some. There's definitely a niche there. There's not many guys doing that. Yeah. I. That story of that political comic who right. who can't get if if that's to be believed again I don't know if that's you know really what happened because I mm. haven't heard the other side right but if that that has a that had a chilling effect on me because that performing at that particular club has been a dream of mine yeah and it's like oh but I guess that makes sense to me from a business yeah. perspective from a business perspective but you yeah I am holding myself I, I can see what you're saying I, I am holding myself back in a sense. I'm not telling you to do anything. <laughs> I, I, you're trying to ruin my career, guy. <laughs> but yeah, I could only get ahead in comedy if I pull every single comedian down. <laughs> not, then a, I won't have to be funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll be the only one. <laughs> That's what this podcast is about: eliminating competition. Yes, <laughs> one by one. Uh, it, it is important. It's, it's a shame that we don't have more comedians challenging the system. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah, you need that. You need you need the fearless comics who aren't thinking about business consequences. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of a problem with the art world in general. Whether it's comedy, music, or anything, you real everyone has to be kind of a half business person now, and everyone's watching their image. It's really cynical, but like your brand, like even your Facebook posts have to be part of your brand. Oh yeah. Like, Facebook is the worst. It is. It's like, I, I wish my life was as good as it is on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, it really, it's an, there was a comic who came up to me, and he, he, um, his mother does stand-up, too. Uh -huh. And he told me, like, you know, my mother sees all your posts on Facebook. And she's always telling me, like, do you see what Alan's doing? Right. Do you see what, look, look, look what Alan just got. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Why can't you do what Alan, and, and he's telling me this, and, he's, and he thinks I have, like, a, this amazing career. Totally. And I'm like, uh, your mother should really stop doing that. Yeah. <laughs> there are many times I have to stop. I, I, I have to make sure, like, or I have to talk, my, talk myself out of posting cries for help on Facebook. 
There should be a where day. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, all right, don't type it out, Alan. Don't, <laughs> don't pull, pull your hand away from the keyboard. Well, yeah. that's, that's good. Too many people are too quick with those cries for help. Yeah, yeah. Take a moment. Pause. Yeah. Yeah. Before every cry for help, pause. T- t- take a, a long pause and yeah. think about it. That's how you know you're doing social media right. If someone's like, oh, you're killing it. You're like, oh, well, I'm glad that's your perception. <laughs> that's your perception. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so uh, I don't know, man. It's it, you're never doing as well as uh, it's never good enough, no matter what level you get. I, I mean, I see you know you look at Dave Attell, mm-hmm. one of my favorite comics in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, this amazing comic, and uh, you look at him outside the comedy cellar. Does he look like like he's overjoyed? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> no, I actually walked past him recently. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I also didn't realize he, he he was a short guy. Yeah, this right guy. Yeah, just yeah. yeah, he was just kind of standing. I don't even remember where it was, but in front of some comedy club, just looking, like, as if he just kind of works there, and right? Was just taking a smoke break or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you never going, and that that's part of it too. Like just not being content. If you're if you if you ever be, do become content, and you know you find a place of bliss, there goes the funny. That's true. And it could be sad on the other end as well. You know, once you're headlining Madison Square Garden, selling it out, then it's like, God damn, where do I go from here? You know? Yeah. Only down. <laughs> Only down. That's true. You're just waiting for that day. Yeah. I mean, you look at people like uh, Andrew Dice Clay, sold out Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now, now, now he's like, you know, he's, he's. At least he's a good actor. He's struggling. Uh, yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could transition into other things. That's the thing about life; it can be very long. You know? <laughs> very long. <laughs> Too long. Uh, it could sometimes. be li- yeah. yeah. You got to uh, branch out and try new stuff to keep your life interesting. You know. Yeah, it's true. Well, I think whatever uh, route you continue on, I think you're going to be su- successful at it because you're smart and you're a good stand-up. So. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you, Gary. Yeah. Same too. Thank you. Uh, I think we covered a lot. Yeah. This is the most movie references in any episode. Yeah. Go see that movie. Take <laughs> my word for it. Even if you hate Michael Moore, it's not that political. And it, it's, it's, it's a good, funny, smart film. Nice. Hilarious. Really one, the funniest movie I've seen in a long time. That's awesome. You is got it? mail? Is that what you're talking You got mail? <laughs> you, yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks yeah. for coming to do this, Alan. Cool. Thank you, Gary. Thanks, Matt. Thank you.